from New Christian Life Church, located at 7828, where the pastors are Richard and Emma Butler. choose to rejoice we will choose to be glad in it father god we thank you right now for every member of this body father we thank you for the anointing on their life we thank you father how you have blessed us you have kept us and you will continue to keep us 
Father, we also thank you for our pastors, Richard and Emma Butler. Father, we thank you how you have been with them all these years. You've never left them. And through their life, God, we can see your faithfulness. We can know just how faithful you are, Father God. And because you were faithful to them, you'll be faithful to us. Because your word says you don't change. You're always the same. And Father, we honor you and we praise you and we thank you for this season. Because this is a season that we, get, we celebrate the giving of your son. And Jesus, we love you so much. We'll always say we love you forever. Because it is because of you that we can stand here today. We can stand in the boldness of God. We can stand in confidence of, in God. And we can stand in your blood before our great heavenly father. For he is so holy. And Jesus, it's because of you that we are holy. So we can stand in our holiness, in your holiness, confidently before our father. Lord, we love you so much, Jesus. We love you so much. Thank you for making the decision to come to the earth to die for us. Thank you. And we'll worship you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Give the Lord some praise, glory, and honor that he is due. Oh, you all can do better than that. That's our Savior, our Lord. Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the lily of the valley. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just give him a little more worship and praise, God. We love you, Jesus. We wouldn't have this season without him. Amen. We wouldn't have this season without him. We wouldn't be celebrating during this time of year if it wasn't for him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We love you. We love you so much. We bless your name. Amen. You all may have your seat. He's so worthy. God is good all the time. God is good. Amen. Amen. So this is the season we celebrate the birth of our Savior. So I want to say Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry Christmas. Hallelujah. Merry Christmas. We celebrate Jesus' birth. Amen. If it wasn't for Jesus, we wouldn't be sitting here right now. If it wasn't for Jesus, I wouldn't know you guys. Amen. I wouldn't have met anybody in here except for my husband and my daughter. I wouldn't. I might not even met you if it wasn't for Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I got to think about that. Amen. <laughs> If it wasn't for Jesus, because I do believe it was him that brought us together, I wouldn't know you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So we're going to, so this, that's who we're going to talk about today. Is that all right? We're going to talk about Jesus because it is Jesus that simply, if you need a title for this sermon today or, or this talk, I'll call it a little talk. The title is Jesus. It's Jesus. Because Jesus is the reason for this particular season. He is the reason for everything that goes on in your life. He is the reason that we live, we move, we breathe, we have our being in him. He is the reason that we can be confident that the Lord, that Father God accepts us as we are. It is because of Jesus. 
It's not because of anything that we've done. It's not because of how we look. It's not because of how we feel. It's all about Jesus. It's Jesus that makes us righteous. It's Jesus that makes us holy. It is Jesus that made us clean. Hallelujah. That's exciting. It, it, but if you, you have to go back and, and you have to remember when in the garden when Adam gave away the authority. He gave it away over to Satan, the authority over this land, over this earth. It was Jesus that came and took it back and gave it to us. It's Jesus. We have the ability to speak into the atmosphere. We have the ability to operate in the supernatural because of who? Jesus. We have the ability to go to the Father by the blood of Jesus. Amen. We have the ability to pray to the Father because of who? Jesus. When Jesus walked on this earth, he taught his disciples. They said, teach us how to pray. And the first thing he said to them, he said, you say, pray like this, our father. Now, I find that interesting, and we're going to get to the text in a minute. I find that interesting that they went to him and they said, teach us how to pray. That implied they did not know how. They didn't know how to pray. They didn't know how to talk to Father God. With all of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the rabbis and everybody walking around them that learned the scripture, these 12 people that should have known did not know. Wow. With such learned people around them, all of the teachers, they didn't know. So they asked, Jesus, teach us how. And he taught them how. Turn to Isaiah, we're going to start here at Isaiah. Because when Jesus walked this earth, he came to do, he came to make some changes. I'll put it that way. Isaiah chapter 9, start at verse 6. It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Verse 7, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it, with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Amen. Amen. So verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Let's stop right there. The government shall be upon his shoulder. Amen. The government is, when you look at government, it is the rule, dominion, or the right or authority or dominion to rule. So when I said earlier, the, the disciples said, teach us how to pray. They didn't know how to pray, but Jesus came on the scene 
to do what? To bring in God's government. Hallelujah. He was born as a child in a manger. But then he, the scripture said, and, the, and unto us a son is given. So yes, he came as a child, but then he was also God's son. Who God gave, amen, as a gift to us. Why? Because God's government had to be reestablished. A gift. Touch your neighbor and say God's government had to be reestablished. Reestablished. Because remember, it was established in Genesis. It was established with Adam and Eve in the garden. But when they gave it away, Jesus came back to do what? Reestablish. Okay. God's government, his dominion, his rule. When we look at government, it's, it's a system. It is the form or system of rule by which a state, community, or et cetera is governed. So think about it. It's the system or rule by which you are governed. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Turn over to there real quick. Y'all don't mind if we take our time and um, just look at the scripture. Because when, when the Lord was talking to me about it, uh, I was saying, well, God, I just want to preach that you came in a manger and all the angels were singing and the shepherds and this and that. He said, no, you got to understand bring understanding of the government of where you live now because that is the purpose. Amen. <laughs> First Peter chapter 2 verse 9 says this, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous what light so he called you out of darkness he called you out of one kingdom into another he called you out of one form of government darkness was the system or the rule that had that that is begin to proclaim Jesus's coming what did he proclaim he said repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He said, repent, turn away from how you do things, turn away from the system that you're in, because why? The kingdom of heaven is near. Meaning this, the way that you live, the system that you operate under, the government you operate under is going to change. Touch somebody and say change. Change. How many times we get so used to things done a certain way? Yeah. We get very used to things done a certain way. Think about it. When Jesus walked the earth, he was healing the sick. He was raising the dead. And the disciples were not fasting while he was on the earth. Right? Totally different from what they knew and understood in that government. 
Amen. To the point where Jesus was always questioned, why don't your disciples fast like John's disciples fast? Jesus said, but I'm with them. He said, as long as I'm with them, there's no need for them to fast, but there will come a time where they will have to fast because I'm not with them. Amen. Jesus healed on the Sabbath, right? It was written in law that you were not supposed to do anything on the Sabbath. Not one thing. But Jesus healed people on the Sabbath. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven was at hand. He came to change your thought processes. He came to change how we look at I'm going to use this word religion, but we're not religious, but he changed it. He changed the traditions. He said, look, God's government, God's system is here. And I'm here to teach you how to live in God's system. Your system said, don't do anything on the Sabbath. So if somebody is sick, they just got to stay sick. If something is lost, it just got to stay lost. Jesus said, not so in God's government. If you see a brother that's sick or a sister that's sick, yes, I give you the authority to heal them. If you see that they are hurting, I give you the authority to give them encouragement and to show love and compassion on them because that's God's way of doing things. Amen. This is our Lord and Savior. He came so that we can live as a holy nation. So, yes, we will be called peculiar because we're different. God took us out of that kingdom of darkness, that, that way of thinking where you, you, you just tear each other down to get where you need to be. God said, no, come to my kingdom and you show compassion, you show love. He said, in fact, I am the one that exalts. And I am the one that puts down. I am the one that gives you the assignment. I am the one that made you particularly for a purpose. So therefore, I need you to operate like I would operate. Amen. Tell your neighbor to say, God's government. It's God's government. <laughs> Thank you. So it says that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation a peculiar people. And this is what we should do. We should show forth the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are showing forth, when you show forth God's praises, that means your life, others around you can look at your life and praise God. When they look at you, when they see what God has done in you, then they will turn around and praise God. That's the one phase of it. Another phase of it is when you look at you <laughs> and you see what God has done in you, amen, then you will praise God. Oh, God. You will show forth his praises. Third phase is when you look at your brother or sister, and you see what God has brought them from, and you 
God gives you a glimpse of where he is taking them to, then you can praise God. Hallelujah. Show forth his praises. That means don't hide. Didn't Jesus say to us, he said when he was teaching, he said, you don't hide a light under the bushel. You don't. You let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and do what? Glorify your Father which is in where? Heaven. Show forth his praises. Let your light shine. Don't be afraid to allow God to shine through you. He loves to shine through you. He loves for others to see his goodness in your life because as you are allowing his light to shine, notice I said allow his light to shine because truly we can not allow God's light to shine. I don't know about you. I've done that in my life. Okay. I might be the only one where you refuse that I'm just uh, that I'm done. I'm, I'm just done. <laughs> I got to laugh at my own self. I'm just done. But God said, no, allow my light in you to shine forth. Because when my light in you shines forth, hallelujah, (laughs) glory to God, then someone who is in that dark kingdom will see your light shining. And then your testimony and what God has done for you will help translate them from that kingdom of darkness into God's government. Hallelujah. Do not be afraid. Be confident. Be confident. That's something God had to teach me, still teaching me. I don't know everything. I wish I did, but y'all know we don't know everything. And the Bible tells us that a wise man continues to learn. So never, we never think that we've learned everything. But God has said, shown me, you know, be confident in the office I've called you to. It, it's like this. Um, when you are, I'm, I'm going to pick on the teachers for a minute. But y'all all right? Okay. Y'all all right? I love to sit and listen to teachers because, first of all, they all talk a lot. I guess you got to talk a lot because you're a teacher. You're teaching. But just to hear how you could tell those who are confident in what they do, they know they are called to what they do, and they have been doing it for a number of years, Versus the ones that are just getting started that are not quite sure. Think about it. I'm going to pick on Miss Angie. Miss Angie, confident in what she does. Amen. You could could walk up to Angie and just start talking. You could say one word. And Angie will quickly, yeah, I got this student. And I helped them go from this grade to that grade. And she can break it down, what she did, what she did. If you go to her and ask her for advice, she can give it to you right away. She will stand confidently and boldly and say that I am a teacher. This is what I teach. This is what I do. This is what I've accomplished. Amen? That's a confident person. So, and she can tell you where she learned it, how she learned it, and then what she's going to do to implement it. When it comes to the things of God, That's how confident God wants us to be in him. 
this is who I am. I'm a child of God. I'm a part of a holy nation. Yes, I was there, but now I'm here. I went to church. I learned that God loved me. I learned that Jesus loved me. I learned to live in his righteousness. I learned that I am holy. Yeah, I can stand up. Now, I don't do everything perfectly, but yes, I can stand boldly and proclaim that I'm holy. Confidence. Confidence. When you are a young believer, you might not be as confident. Why? Because you have not truly gotten into the word of God yet to see exactly who you are. But the more you know who you are and the more God reveals who he is to you, the more you'll be able to stand and proclaim that, yes, I am anointed. Yes, I am holy. Yes, I am righteous. Yes, I am. Yes, God called me to this. Yes, God called me to that. Yes, I can move in it. Why? Because I'm being trained by who? The Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. That's the government of God. Amen. The government of God. So, when... You see, turn to Matthew 4. I want you to just see this. Real quick. Thank you, Father. Now, this this is when Jesus heard that John was cast into the prison, um, you know, after he was baptized and he came after being baptized, he went into the uh, mountain and he was tempted of the devil. Matthew 4, verse 17, it says this. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, let's read it together. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So that's what John said. Then after Jesus was baptized, he came out of the wilderness. That's what Jesus began to preach. What? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So as I begin to, I studied this out a, a little bit, and it, the actual meaning of this is the kingdoms from the heavens. Hmm. The kingdoms from the heavens is at hand. So in other words, what Jesus was saying here and what John was saying here is that God's kingdom that was so far away, his government that was so far away from in the heavens to the people is now at hand. Now, and this government is headed by Jesus to reestablish God's kingdom. I said that to you earlier. I wanted you to see this, where Jesus himself said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, or the kingdom from the heavens is at hand. The kingdom from the heavens. During that time, and you gotta, you got you to gotta think about this, because God's throne is in the supernatural realm, is in the third heaven. Paul teaches us that, right? Jesus said that kingdom in the third heaven is at hand. That kingdom from that place, that rule, that government from that place is at hand. 
meaning how things operate around God's kingdom is here. I'm going to say that again. God's kingdom, where his throne is, is there any sickness there? No. Is there any poverty there? No. Is there any hatred there? No. Is there any backbiting there? No. Is there any gossip there? No. So where he is, is there any... Uh, worry there no so where he is there is peace there is unity there is love there is health I'm going to say it like that not healing but health because there's no sickness there so where he is there's health there's wealth there is no lack everything is met so around his throne, it's holy. It's holy. So it to say the kingdom from the heaven is here, what we're saying is God's holiness, his system, everything that's around his throne is here and accessible to us. Health, wealth, love, peace, fearlessness, <laughs> boldness, confidence is here. Can you imagine? That's the kingdom that you're a part of. your kingdom Jesus is your governor Jesus is your senator <laughs> Jesus is your congressman Jesus and Holy Spirit they're your that's your president is <laughs> your president Jesus listen we live here but we are a part of God's government. That's who you are. That's who we are. That's who we are. We are a part of God's government. Everything that goes on around his throne goes on here. I'm going to say this to you. In fact, <laughs> okay, Holy Spirit, you operate in two dimensions. Okay. Say that one more time. You operate because you are part of God's kingdom. You operate in two dimensions. You operate here in this temple that we can see. You operate here. Everything around you you can see, you know, in the physical and the natural. But you also operate in the supernatural realm because you are a part of his kingdom. You have, because 
your spirit has been reborn, you have authority to operate and to be in the very throne room where God is. Thank you, Father. That's exciting. You have the authority to go before the Father. Didn't he tell us in Hebrews that we can come before him by the blood of Jesus boldly? We can approach the throne, right? Where is God's throne? In that other dimension. (laughs) In that supernatural realm. That's where God's throne is. It's not like you can get on a plane and buy a ticket and go to Jerusalem because the new city has not come yet. Holy Spirit, I'm following you. I I don't know why you're going here. The the, The new Jerusalem that it talks about in Revelation, there will be a new city. That will take place. That will come down from heaven. Jesus will set up his throne in that city. But that city is not here yet. So you cannot get on a plane and go to Jerusalem and go before God's throne. So his throne is still where? In the heavens. His throne is still in the supernatural realm. And because you are a peculiar people, you're not like everybody else, okay? You're you're three parts to you now because your spirit has been reborn. Those who are not in the kingdom, they're still two-parted. They still just have their soul and their flesh because their spirit has not been reborn. But because you have been reborn, You can go before the Father in the supernatural realm. Mm. Because you, even though you are a physical being, you are also a spiritual being. And because you are a spiritual being, you can go before Father God in your spirit, through your spirit, and talk to him face to face. You can worship him face to face. That was not present before Jesus was born and he died. When you realize who you are, and I'm talking to me too, I'm preaching to me just like I'm preaching to you. When you realize who you are and that you operate in two different realms, can't nothing stop you. This is what Jesus came to reestablish. God's government. Okay. God's government. God's government. He said, all right, I give you the authority to speak things into existence just like I do. Oh, my God. What? I'm not part of your government. I'm a peculiar person. I'm different. Yeah, people might say, okay, you're getting too deep now. It ain't all of that. Yes, it is. What the enemy has done when it comes to the supernatural realm, for 
he attacks the church to where we don't want to open our minds and our hearts to really realize that God has given us that ability to pray and get things done. Okay? He don't want you to know that. Because when you recognize who you are and you begin to speak things into existence, you begin to pray things into existence, and it's all through what Jesus has done for you, then he can't handle you. That's why he doesn't want you to know these things. Okay? But yet, he teaches his kingdom those things. Where do you think witches and warlocks come? Okay, I'm going to leave that alone. So, as Christians and as believers in Jesus Christ, we need to really begin to understand that we operate in God's kingdom. There's only two kingdoms that are at war. God, well, Jesus already won the war. Let's put it that way. So the enemy think he at war. What he does, he's trying to get us not to know who we are. But Jesus has already won the battle. He's already won the war. So it's two kingdoms, kingdom of darkness, kingdom of God. You got to make a decision who you will be a part of. This is why you can't straddle the fence. Because either you're going to operate like God operates or you're going to operate like the devil. That's when Jesus said, you can't serve two masters. Either you're going to love one and hate the other. Amen? Touch your neighbor and say, God's government. Do we all understand that we operate in two realms? You have the authority to operate in two realms. It's not about what, what, what we see, really. Because what that first, what the spiritual realm does really dictates what happens in the natural. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go Holy Ghost. What happens in the spirit realm dictates what goes on in the natural. Okay, prove it. Genesis. Jesus said, God said, let there be light. That took place in the spirit. He spoke words. How do we know? He said the earth was without form and void, and the, the, and, and the spirit hovered. The spirit was hovering. The spirit was hovering. So you have God who just spoke out. You can't see words. Can you see the words that are coming out of my mouth? No. You can hear the words that are coming out of my mouth, but you can't see the words that are flinging forth out of my mouth. So what's coming out of my mouth is not in this natural, physical, temporal realm that you can see. Oh, God. You can hear it, but you can't see it. So in Genesis, God said, let there be light. And then what happened? The natural reacted to the spiritual, and light came. Let there be. And it was. Where was it? In this natural. 
Where did it start? In the spirit. Let the firmament separate from the firmament. What happened? In the natural, it separated. But where did it start? In the spirit. So, uh, God is saying that to us to say this. Be mindful of what you say and how you operate in the spirit realm. Okay, what you do in the spirit realm, how you pray, how you worship, your relationship with God, the word that you get in you will affect your physical. God's government. God's government. What you proclaim will affect what you have. What did you say? You shall have whatsoever you say. What did Jesus teach? He said, when you you pray, you believe, you can't see belief. You believe that you receive and you shall what? Have. Whatever you ask when you what? Pray. Prayer is an operation of the supernatural in God's kingdom. So when you pray, you believe you receive it, then you'll what? Have it. So that means what you do in the spirit realm affects what? The natural. Yes. Amen. Amen. That's why we don't, that's God's kingdom. That's God's way. That's God's way of doing things. That's why you don't take prayer lightly. You pray. And when you pray, you stand believing. This is how we, we fight. When Paul said, I fought the good fight of faith, he was fighting and he stood strong in, what he, what, in the revelation that God gave him. And then because he stood strong, he was able to operate here on this earth because of God's government and God's kingdom. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. 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 So, Matthew 6.33. And I'm going to wrap it up. Matthew 6.33. This is what Jesus said. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Remember that from Isaiah. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And he shall be called wonderful. He's full of wonders. Hallelujah. Matthew 6.33 says this. But seek ye first, what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Now, before that, they were talking about what do you eat, what do you drink, what you can wear, all of that stuff. But Jesus said, seek first God's kingdom, God's way of doing things, and his righteousness, and everything else will be added. In other words, seek what's going on in the supernatural, in that realm you cannot see. And God's righteousness and everything else in this physical that you're worried about, it's going to be added to you. Why? Because you put God's way first. 
You sought the supernatural part of God. You sought God's faith and his righteousness, his kingdom, his ways. You sought all of that first. God, you are first. I want to do things the way you want me to do things. And because of that, I don't have to worry about anything because in your kingdom anyway, everything is already met. There is no lack. There is no poor. There is nothing. There is no sickness, no disease. God, there's only health, healing, wealth. Everything that I need is in your presence, God. So if I seek you, I don't have to worry about everything that I can see. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If I seek God's way, if I seek doing things his way, then I don't have to worry about anything. Hallelujah. So if we go back to Isaiah real quick, where we started, Isaiah, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. For unto us a child is born. And unto us a son is given, an heir. We're a joint heir of one with authority. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful. He's full of wonders. He's wonderful. There's nothing lacking with this governor. We don't have to worry about tax hikes. We don't have to worry about increased taxes and, and the cutting wages, people being laid off. You don't have to worry about all of that because this governor, this leader, this, pe- this president, this, this congressman, this sen- the Senate, the Holy Spirit, the angels, that's how I envision them, y'all. You know, we got the Congress, we got the Senate, we got all of that. But I look at the Holy Spirit, Father God, the angels, everybody, the, the apostles that are there around the throne. My God, that's my government. That's my government. That's who I can go to. And then that government can change what's going on in this one. (laughs) Hallelujah. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. We're talking about Jesus. He's full of wonders. Counselor, you can go to him about anything. He'll soothe your heart. The mighty God, the mighty God, not a mighty God. The mighty God. This is your governor. This is your president. This is, this, is, this is the kingdom that you belong to. The everlasting father. Everlasting father means there is no end to him at all. There's no beginning, no ending. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The prince of peace. No worry. He's the one that gives you peace. He's your prince. Hallelujah. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. It will never stop. His government will increase, 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 increase. The more you each one reach one, come from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, his government will increase, increase, increase. His peace will increase, increase, increase. There is no end. He's everlasting. He is forever and ever and ever and ever. Our Jesus is forever and ever and ever and ever. He's all there. He's always there with you. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's right there with you. His kingdom is here. His government is here. It will never end.
end in your life. His system will continue to work all the time. His system doesn't stop. There's no break in the system. You know how we have to worry about is the government will shut down. His government does not shut down. Hallelujah. His government doesn't shut down. You don't have to worry about, is Congress going to cast a vote? Are they going to make a decision? Are they going to come to an agreement? No, we don't have to worry about that. His government shall never, ever, 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 ever end. Hallelujah. It never ends. It never closes. You can go to him anytime you feel like it. Three o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, 12 o'clock noonday, you can go to God because his government is always open. He's always there waiting for you, listening for you, listening for your prayer, listening for your worship, listening, listening, listening for your voice. What does you need today? What do, Jesus, what, what, does, what, what do they need? I know what they need, but I need them to tell me what they need. His government. And, and it goes on to say, upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. God had so much passion in his heart that he said, I'm going to perform this. Because he needed, he know we needed Jesus. So he sent Jesus, his only begotten son, at, well, they say this ain't the season, but this is the season we celebrate. He sent him as a child because he said, I got to do this for them. You know how you get so passionate about something that you, you just can't let it go? You got to get it done. You just can't shake it. That's how God was. He said, I got to get this right. I got to send my son. I can't shake this. I created this and put them in it for them to have rule and dominion over it. I have to get it back into the hands of those that I created. How am I going to do this? I am going to send my son, Jesus. He's going to come in a manger, but he's going to grow up. Hallelujah. And he's going to be a son. And he's going to get on the cross and he's going to die for them because I need to be able to talk to them. Jesus, he is our counselor. He is full of wonders. He's wonderful. He's marvelous. He's marvelous. And he, you guys can stand to your feet. He loves us so much. And I find it interesting that when he was born, he was placed in a manger. That's where the animals came to eat and drink. And did not Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He said, I come, come to me, eat of me. Then he also said, drink, come to the well and drink. Amen. I find that so interesting. 
that he was placed in a manger where you come eat and where you come be treated. And that's what we need to do. Come eat of him and drink of him. Jesus, your Savior. That's what it means to be Savior. He saved us. He's our, we, we, we say, you're our Savior, you're our King, you're our Lord, you're our Master. All of those terms are government terms. Master, overseer of all things. Savior, he's the one that loves us. He's the one that, that cleaned us up, made us right. Amen. King, ruler of all. We don't have a king, we have a president. King. The king is here. Jesus is here. I can't express to you enough. Well, the Holy Spirit can't express to us enough. Jesus. That we are a part of his government. And of his government, there is no end. None. You don't have to fear about him leaving you. you don't, we don't even have to worry about God. It's going to work out. I'm preaching to me. Hallelujah. I'm talking to me. He said, don't worry. No worries. In and around my throne room, there's no worries. Hallelujah. No worries. And my government and my throne is here with because you belong to me. You are a part of my holy nation. Yep, you'll be called peculiar. Because you operate under a different system. But it's okay. You're operating under the right system. God's kingdom. Yes, seek me first. And then everything else will be added. Jesus came to establish God's kingdom, to reestablish it so we can walk with him. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love that name. That name carries all authority. That name carries all power. And in that name, we come before your throne boldly because we are your citizens, citizens of your kingdom. We are a holy nation, and we thank you, God, that we can come confidently before you and you tell you everything that is on our hearts. And, God, you will always hear us, and you will always answer us. We love you, God. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for for coming to us as a gift, God. We, we thank you, Jesus, for just being born, just leaving everything that you were in heaven, and you came here, and you walked among us. Oh, we thank you that you wrapped yourself in flesh, and you experienced everything that we experienced. So you understand us. Thank you, Jesus. 
We thank you that we have a king that understands and a king that knows. We love you so much. And, Father, we thank you for your system. We will operate according to your system. Your system. We are a part of your kingdom of light, and we will allow our light to shine before men so they can glorify you in heaven. Father, we honor you and we praise you, and we thank you for this season. We thank you. We're so excited, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.